0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier, and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Today's guest is Colin Sedaris. What a wonderful chat this was. Uh, This was one of those conversations that, like, really turns your day around. Like, truly. At the beginning of this conversation, I was having kind of a down day, you know, just not really feeling it. And by the end of this conversation, I felt so happy and joyful. And I really carried that with me for the rest of the day. Uh, just such a lovely person to talk to, Colin. His assignment was about mindful listening, about taking time to make sure that the person that you're talking to has gotten enough of a chance to get their thoughts in, um, to make sure that you're really paying attention to what the person in front of you is saying to you, and uh, really being present with them in that moment. Uh, it was just a really interesting conversation to have um, uh, just around the way that we listen uh, and how little pay attention that we pay to the way that we listen so much at the time. So I think this was a really valuable assignment for him. And then it might be for you, too. I don't know. Maybe you're doing this stuff at home. Uh, it would be a good idea. Just listening to this podcast is a good thing on its own. But taking these things and putting them into your real life, that's a whole nother level, guys. Get on that. Uh, if you want to uh, support Colin in general, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Colin Sedaris. Um Man, what a joy to be able to get just your name as a handle. <laughs> to, have, <laughs> to have just unique of a, enough of a name uh, that you're able to just have it be your handle on its own. So, hey, it's so so easy. You got no excuses for not following him on stuff. Colin Sedaris. Uh, follow him on things. He's great and funny and wonderful. If you want to support this podcast in general, you can like, rate, and subscribe. Um, There's going to be some other exciting things that you can do coming down the pipeline. Um, Not just yet, but I'll get on that, guys. And then there will be some stuff, uh, some extra fun things for you guys if uh, you would like to partake in those special fun things that I plan on making for you. Uh, If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at at Hamiltrace. And in the meantime, please enjoy this lovely conversation with Colin Sedaris. All right. Colin Sederis.
1: Hey.
0: Hello. Hey,
1: how's it going? Nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you too. Oh, uh, we start with an honest how are you? So, how are you for real?
1: Uh, I got to be honest, a little bit nervous about being on this podcast.
0: That's fine.
1: Uh huh. I'm um, a little bit tired and anxious this morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just had something very frustrating last night that's kind of like lingering in today so I'm kind of still holding on to some of those feelings
0: I know how that feels yes yeah it's a nice nice cocktail follows you around like uh like you have a film on you
1: yes yes and it's still still very fresh
0: Mm -hmm. tell me about being nervous to be on this podcast
1: um. Well, I am a big pa- a big fan of this podcast. Thank uh, you,
0: Colin. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: I get a get a lot out of it. It's it's very entertaining, but also very helpful. So, um, so and then also just yeah, podcasts are, are new for me at this point. I've only mm-hmm. maybe done two or three at this point, and I think being a guest, I still feel a little bit of that imposter syndrome for like, why me? What do I have to say? <laughs>
0: I asked you to be on this show.
1: I know. I understand the concept, but my brain says otherwise.
0: I am a person who feels a lot of imposter syndrome all of the time, constantly even as a host of my own podcast. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, I guess it happens to all of us.
0: (laughs) This is my own thing that I made and created. And I still feel all the time like, well, somebody else should really be hosting this. Like, I don't know if I'm really.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it's insane that that's a possible thought in your brain, right? Yeah. Like uh,
0: <laughs> It is how it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just being inside of a, a human body and what it what it is like for almost everyone.
1: All the issues it causes us unnecessarily.
0: Exactly. Should we talk about your assignment? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I give you an assignment centered around mindful listening. Mm-hmm. So I told you that in your interactions with people during the week, you, which I'm assuming was probably a pretty limited pool, but <laughs> we're working with it, <laughs> that uh, when you were having a conversation with somebody, after they're talking, you have to wait five seconds before you talk just right. to make sure that the other person is actually done. Yes. Uh, so how did that go?
1: Uh, it went well. Like, I feel like my ability to remember to do it constantly, like, wavered in and out. Like, For sure. every morning I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick to it. And then by the evening I'm like, ah, shit. It's um, okay.
0: That's, <laughs> that's to be expected with any of these things.
1: Right. But uh, ultimately, I kind of feel like the limited pool helped me because it was mm-hmm. testing it around people I'm very familiar with.
0: I was thinking about that. I thought so, like if you're going to be mostly talking to uh, people who are close to you right now, obviously, right? Because it's, it's COVID time. So you're really only seeing your tight inner circle, maybe even just your partner. Uh, so it really gives you a chance to kind of focus in on your conversations with those specific people, um, which are uh, especially important because they're your people who are in your inner circle. So it gives you kind of a time to reflect on, oh, how do I usually approach listening when I'm talking to my partner?
1: Yeah, and I I think I realized, like, how much of an issue this is in my life. (laughs) Like, how many times (laughs) where I, like, fought the urge to jump in with something and then, like, oh, they just kept talking. Yeah, and I kept saying things, and I'm not just trying to like put out the fire of their conversation with my conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so, a good way of putting it. Putting out the fire of their conversation. I I like the way that you put that.
1: Yeah, I and I I don't know what it is uh, if it's like an anxiety thing or if it's like like w- like a I don't really understand what the impulse is to like get in there all the time with my point of view or my thoughts but like Mm -hmm. I do
0: it a lot you're (laughs) not alone (laughs) that's that's most people and And when you start doing this exercise you start picking up on like oh (laughs) is this what I've been doing this whole time
1: and it just yeah it makes me feel like I'm like ah, it you always want to feel like you're being actively listened to and so like to to know that you're doing that to other people you're like okay like it's definitely something to try and improve on, and something to like—I don't know—be more considerate when when I don't know, just interacting mm-hmm. with people. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's an interesting exercise for so many reasons. Because for one thing, you realize like, oh, even with my like closest, most intimate relationships, I'm still not really giving them my attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's like. Something I've found where I'm like, I'm either the most invested in a conversation ever, like if it's like a deep emotional dive into something, I'm like, I'm there, tell me everything, I can not say anything for 10 minutes and just listen to you. But when it's just like casual, everyday conversation, my head's in the clouds, I can't like keep my focus, I'm just all over the place. So it's, I'm either the best listener or the worst listener, it seems like.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you find that when you gave it 5 seconds that they did keep going?
1: Yeah, there like there was a there's a few instances where like if someone was like my roommate or my girlfriend was just like either just like ranting or like going on about something like I uh yeah, I, I normally would would chime in but they just had more and more to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was that and there was, there was a couple times where they didn't. And I think I paused too long, and they're like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> felt felt like a delayed Zoom call <laughs> at points where yeah. like I was like glitching out or something. Yeah. But mo- more often than not, yeah, there's there's other things to, to to that they're planning on saying to me, or I feel like in just giving the room to breathe in between the things I was saying, I was listening better. Like yeah. I was actually taking in the information rather than in the past I might like half listen pick up on a detail like have her- heard it but ask about it anyway kind of thing like what was that you just said even though I, I know like my instinct was to ask instead of just think if I heard it and absorbed it and then respond so mm-hmm. I, I think it just it yeah allowed me to just reflect on what someone's just said to me better than yeah. I had in the past
0: I think that this is the thing with the like all people, but I think especially with people who are performers and just have that sort of personality type, that when you're listening to somebody else talk, you're taking in what they're saying a little bit, but mostly you're using what they're saying to inform the thing that you say next. So you're listening to what they're saying, sort of half absorbing it, Mm -hmm. but mostly you're scripting what your next line is.
1: Sure. Yes. So
0: when you give that pause then it enables you to take a minute of oh I don't have to feel so rushed even if my response is still to plan my next scripted line in this conversation it gives you a second to be like oh I don't have to rush what I'm gonna say next right and I can take a little more time to actually listen to what the next person is saying to me and it gives the other person room to keep going because especially if you're having like an emotional conversation with somebody, they're probably sort of processing their thoughts as they're saying them out loud, right? Um, Right. Sort of processing things as they come. And if you give them that five seconds, they might be able to get to another point in their thought process and have more to say. Or they might be uh, giving you just a little bit, like especially if it's something uncomfortable, right? If somebody approaches you like, oh, like this little thing, and they just feel comfortable giving you just a little scrap. If you give them a second and don't jump in, then they feel a little more comfortable giving you a little bit more. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's it's as much as it's useful from my end just to like hear what they're saying. I feel like giving them the space on their end too to just process what they're going through and process what they might want to expand on or yeah, like you said if it's uncomfortable stuff, it's it just gives everyone a little more room. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, do you did you find that this helped you be more present with the people in your life?
1: I think so. I I I like to think like I I feel like I I engage in stuff day to day that I hope makes me a little more present like I like I do morning pages, I meditate, I try and That's great. regularly exercise like I'm aware of my thoughts. And so when this you introduced this, I'm like, wow, it's a huge blind spot I have <laughs> but I didn't realize I had, but <laughs>
0: I hope that was more helpful than it was unsettling.
1: (laughs) No, it was, it was one of those, like, obviously, obviously this is something I do and how did I not, like, articulate it before and how did I not put the pieces together that I'm doing this all the time, but no, it was, it was helpful and I, I think much like something like meditating where I feel like after years of doing it, I'm just starting to kind of get good at it. I'm still such in my infancy with this, but I felt there was like kind of bright spots where I felt like, oh, I could see how if I stick with this, this will really like just help me in the long run and really like take away that, I guess, like nervousness about like empty spaces and conversations and stuff.
0: It's true. It gives you permission to sort of relax, especially if you're an anxious person, there can be a tendency to feel like you need to fill the silence, Mm -hmm. that it's your job to fill any gaps in the conversation and so you're constantly on high alert for any silence spots because you're in charge of filling all of them and so it puts you in a state of anxiety whereas if you give yourself permission to be quiet in a conversation um, and take a little bit more time and just slow down a bit it lowers that anxiety and you don't feel as rushed either so you're probably going to have a more meaningful and authentic conversation with a person because uh, you aren't just worried about good radio, <laughs> about f- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> filling filling time.
1: <laughs> Can I chime in with this perfect, witty, funny comment? Exactly. So really, like, yeah, I, that's the thing, and I I kind of feel like my inability to do this in a in the past would like make it so that I wasn't able to like enjoy hanging out with people or being in the presence of people. Because my my like my mind was everywhere and mm-hmm. I wasn't able to focus and yeah I just jump in for these like silent moments and yes it 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 feels like this is maybe a a tool that could ground me better mm-hmm. in the long term. I
0: think any any of the exercises that involve paying attention to the way that you listen are so eye opening like so much <laughs> more than so many other things I think just yeah. because it's an area that we very rarely pay attention to. Which is unfortunate because it's super important, like so, <laughs> really yeah. important to listen well and uh, to be present with people when you're talking to them. Seems like a really basic thing. But yeah, there's so many things that we don't realize that we were doing. Like, did you listen to our episode with Tamara Chabon?
1: Uh, I think I did like a while back. Yeah, it was yeah.
0: a while ago. Um, her assignment was that she, when she was listening to people, she had to not give advice. Mm, okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what she realized was, she was like, this blew my mind because what I realized was that when people start talking to me, if I don't give advice, they just give themselves the advice. <laughs> yeah. Like they just do it. They just come to a conclusion on their own by the end of talking. Sure. And then they're like, thank you so much for your help. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I, I think I've tended to like give people advice in, in the past. And I think you realize that like. People only take advice when it's coming from themselves. Yeah. Like you can tell them all the right things that eventually they'll follow, but until it makes sense to their (laughs) own brain, they're like, "Yeah, whatever, okay."
0: Yeah, that's why parenting teenagers is so hard.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You literally cannot give a person advice. Um, (laughs) They're not. They're not going to take it. No one is ever going to do anything that is even slightly different than what they want to do. Uh, So most of the time, what people are looking for from you is just for you to be a sounding board for them Mm -hmm. and just to give them a place to process things out loud.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, my, my aunt, uh, she was like someone who, when I talked to her, she was just like, so keyed in on everything you'd say to her to a point where I'm like, oh, wow. (laughs) Like, I I don't, I feel like I don't encounter this in my day-to-day life ever like the fact that it felt so unique Unique and
0: different Mm -hmm. yes
1: I'm just like oh wow like she's really here with me in this moment that's such a special
0: feeling and you do pick up on that so quickly like if you don't think that paying attention to your listening skills is important think back to the times that you have had conversations with those people who you're like oh wow you're like really here with me right now um and how that feels is the person who is being listened to, it feels so good.
1: Totally. Yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know what it says about the world we live in that that's not more commonplace, that it's not like, oh everyone's just listening to each other, giving each other the time of day, really invested in what we're saying to each other, all we're doing is thinking about what we're thinking about. Yeah. And so we're not able to connect, and we're not able to like, get at the heart of the things that are bothering us or whatever.
0: For sure. It puts huge roadblocks in between everything. In between connection with other people, in between connection with yourself. Like, yeah, we all just kind of, we live in this society where it's sort of like the value is put on whoever's in the spotlight the most. Mm -hmm. So take up as much time in that spotlight as you can because that's where your value comes from is how well you shine in that spotlight. So we don't want to give spotlight to other people as much we're not as willing to let other people shine and just sit back and watch them shine um which is also a lovely feeling like i don't know why (laughs) we don't let other other people have the spotlight because it is such a nice feeling when you just watch somebody else shine and have their moment and watch somebody else take up space
1: totally i just i i think yeah if, if we could better support each other so we all feel like we have that spotlight moment so we all feel like hey I'm valuable even if it's not Mm -hmm. in this big performative way it's just like a like a little comment or just like a little moment
0: or yeah and I think like it definitely uh the way that we listen definitely changes depending on who we're with and who we're talking to Mm -hmm. right like if I don't know I'm thinking about like if we were hanging out at comedy bar with a group of like five to eight Comedians, if you gave five seconds after everybody talked, you wouldn't speak the whole night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you yeah, yeah. Would, would just be sitting there silently listening to everybody because we're all <laughs> fighting to, <Yeah. laughs> to talk at the same time. Whereas if you're talking with somebody who maybe takes a little bit more to open up or uh, is a little bit shy or a little more reserved, giving somebody like that the five seconds couldn't change everything. Like, because that's a person who will just let you go ahead.
1: Yeah. And probably someone who just lets people bowl over them all the time and mm-hmm. not really like, they're like, Oh, well, what do I have to say? Like, like you said, they're yeah. nervous. So they don't want to intervene in the conversation mm-hmm. or they don't want to speak up. Exactly. And it's so easy for them to st- Continue occupying that quiet, reserved space and Mm -hmm. not ever saying anything. And then,
0: and like maybe even if it's not nerves that's holding them back from talking, maybe it's they're just a person who has the mentality of like, oh, what I have to say isn't as interesting as what they're going to say, or oh, my opinions on this aren't as important as other people, or I don't know as much about this as everybody else, so I'll just let everybody else talk. And uh, giving those people room. To, like, no, finish your thought. Like, I'm not going to interrupt you. Keep going. Uh, yeah. Makes so much of a difference in that conversation for the other person.
1: Yeah, I guess it's giving, like, a little power to that person. Giving a little, sure. like, yeah, I don't know. It's showing that you value people of all different types in the context of, like, whatever conversation you're in. Because, obviously, the loudest voices will rise to the top and, <laughs> and dominate. But, like... Yeah, what would happen if we gave every type of person kind of a little more room in conversation? Like, what, yeah. would we just have better, fuller conversations? Or
0: Probably. yeah. Talking about power, too, this is something that you could apply in things like job interviews hmm. or any position where it's helpful for you to have a little bit more power. If you aren't rushing to speak and you just kind of give five seconds for the other person, it's sort of a power move as well.
1: Oh uh, sure! In
0: those kind of contexts, right? Like they say in um, in negotiations, never be the one to speak first, like that kind of thing. Um, because it's, uh, there's power in silence.
1: I guess it shows you, yeah, even in that context, people get like nervous when silence yeah. happens. Like, oh yep. wow, well, really dominating the space by saying nothing at all.
0: Huh. But, like yeah, I think we just generally also need to have more of an appreciation for silence in general <laughs> like silence yeah, yeah, yeah. is lovely
1: <laughs> well it just takes the pressure off too like it's like I, I feel like we just enjoy being more if we're just like able to exist in a, a silent space it's like it's almost like a faux pas to like
0: mm-hmm. let
1: too much time go by it's like oh no that's awkward silence yeah. it can't be like this celebrated silence this like we're just being in the moment. We're being uh, mindful right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's always awkward.
0: And isn't that telling of uh, how we view silence? Because that that is how we react to it. Like oh, awkward, awkward. Uh. <laughs> like uh, uh, is it anything worse than being in a group of people where there's a moment of silence for a second and it's just fine? And then one person goes huh, well, awkward.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, thanks. <laughs>
0: worst thing in the world. Thank you very much. Um, but that's the thing that we value um, in like particularly romantic relationships. It's like a, a benchmark of success in a relationship is like, oh, we're at that point where we can have comfortable silence where we don't. Yeah. And it it's not that the quality of the silence has changed. It's that your level of anxiety about the silence has changed. Right. That you're like, oh, now I feel comfortable enough with this person that I can let a moment of silence pass without feeling like my skin is going to, crawl off of my body
1: uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's just like an overwhelming need to just be like engaged in in, and what we're talking about and be interesting and be this Mm -hmm. and be that and and honestly a lot of the times i found like i'd just be like keeping the ball in the air with nothing at all like just like the conversation I'm adding doesn't matter. Doesn't add to anything. We like, yeah. have to say something, or it'll be mm-hmm. silent. Yeah, it's <laughs> keep that ball molly. in the
0: end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly.
1: I, I guess I feel like, uh, especially at that moment when I've been in like very like one-sided conversations when you try and like okay i say something then you say something and they have like a one word answer you're like oh fuck i got to got to come up with a whole new line of thinking to like get to you
0: how do you think that changing the way that you listen would affect your relationship with your partner
1: i i think like what just- what's
0: her personality like is she somebody who actively takes up space or somebody who Gives the other person the spotlight?
1: Um, She definitely can be like a storyteller, can be like a spotlight, like center of attention at times. But I feel like maybe if it's talking about stuff she's more nervous about than like if I give her a moment, then like like, like I had a couple instances where she would keep talking about me, something frustrating Mm -hmm. her or something that's on her mind. So it's in some ways, she's very, like, bold and out there, but I think in some, like, more interpersonal ways, she's a little more hesitant. So I think, I think I am good at listening to those types of things, but I think that it'll just kind of, like, make me, I don't know, just not, cu- it'll cut down on maybe the advice I'm trying to give, or it'll mm-hmm. cut down on, like, the me trying to solve the issue, when, like you said, it's, like, a lot of times people... Will solve it for themselves if you give them the opportunity to yeah. so I, I hope it just give me like more room to hear her talk about what she's talking about Absolutely. and like not have me try and fill in the blanks or, or f- fix it as it's happening
0: I think that's something that's talked about a lot in like not in general not to generalize too much but in conversations about a problem men are more prone to wanting to fix the issue, solve the problem. Um, they view it as like, oh, you're coming to me with a, a, a problem. And so you must be coming to me for my assistance with this problem. Right. right. Which seems very natural and seems like the, uh, the obvious answer. But a lot of the time, especially with women, it's, uh, I just want to be listened to. Like uh-huh. all we, all we want is to, for you to listen to everything that we have and then go, man, that really sucks. Yes. Yeah. And the, the, like cuz also it's uh like who whoever it is that you're talking to, man, woman, whatever. If they have a problem, they are a capable adult who can probably solve the problem. Um but they just need to vent. They just need to have their feelings heard. It's the, the same thing like I've I've worked in cu- customer service jobs for many many years, right? <laughs> yeah. And whenever somebody is mad about something, whenever somebody is upset, a customer, whatever, in all of the times that I've been like a manager or supervisor in some capacity, and I'm the person who people pull over to be like, this customer is upset. When I go over as the manager or whatever, most of the time, they're not looking for anything from me. Like, they're not trying to get anything for free. They literally just want me to listen to what happened. Sure. and then go that really sucks I'm really sorry that happened and then they're right. like thank you and then they leave <laughs> right like they yeah. don't actually need me to solve the problem most of the time they just want to have their problem heard
1: yeah it's like, I guess it's again like coming back to that just like actively listening to someone even if it's that one word or like a few like that sucks. Like, mm-hmm. if it's that sucks, just like really, like eye contact, really in the moment with them. They're like, "Oh wow, that's enough for me."
0: yeah That There's like also makes an it. Aspect of it keeps the focus on them instead of putting it on you. Because when you go into problem-solving mode, then you're bringing it onto you, and you're saying, "Okay, this is this is my advice. This is what I think. This is my perspective on your experience." and this is my solution for this right like yeah. <laughs> you're you're bringing it on to them whereas like they are bringing it on to you whereas they need you to keep it on them for a while just keep it on their experience and don't rush them ahead like uh i talked about this with tamara about if um if you're trying to solve the problem you're rushing to the advice part um if they didn't come to you saying i need your advice on this problem here's the problem. If they just came saying, oh, I have this problem, right, uh, then they haven't actually asked you for advice. <laughs> so they're not ready for the advice part yet. They're not ready for the part where we fix the problem. They're still in the part where they're experiencing the problem. Right. So yeah. uh, you're pushing them ahead to a, the next step and they're not at that point yet.
1: Yeah, it's like, I guess it, it's, it's again, maybe returning to that, like, five seconds is just, like, let them process what they've just yeah. spilled out toward you. It's like, if you, if you, like, almost space it out with, a uh, that sucks, and just mm-hmm. let it sit in that moment, then they're like, you're right, it does suck. Exactly. And then, then, like, and then they just, yeah, I guess they feel heard in that moment, and it feels, yeah, and that's the thing, like, you're saying, no one's coming, asking for advice, like, how often do you say, like, I'm looking for advice. I feel like I've never heard anyone say that
0: before. (laughs) Very rarely. Very rarely. So what that tells you is like most of the time people don't need it. If they need it, Uh, they'll ask for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And if they don't ask for it, they probably don't need it.
1: (laughs) Or they'll probably like type into Google, what do I do in case of this issue? There's probably someone more qualified than you to solve (laughs) this issue.
0: I think we just like, we want to be useful and we want to have a job. And so when somebody comes to you with a problem, you think like, Oh good. Somebody's giving me a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh good. I can be useful to them by coming up with a solution for their problem.
1: Yes. I mean, problem solver.
0: Yeah. where really, it's just like, maybe your job is just to like sit here and nod for a while. That's it.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, because I think like a lot of like my inability to like focus on conversations in a variety of social settings, I don't know if it's just like we live in such like a distracting world and I feel like I've especially just been like trying to be on social media less especially Mm -hmm. over the past couple months just because I, because it's so much easier these days to just like funnel time into it. Yes. And I started putting like caps, like time caps on some of my apps and getting like reports of like screen time for today. I'm like, oh God, like I'm spending so much time. And I don't know, like, and I just feel like less of that will hopefully just make it so that I'm not constantly looking for a distraction, constantly looking for something else, something else, something else. I feel like my brain's Mm -hmm. always like jumping around to a bunch of different things and needs to be occupied by this or that or the other thing.
0: Me too. I'm always doing five things at once. Right. Like, if I'm... (laughs) Like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Okay, this is an example. This isn't a real example. I don't drive, but if I drove, I would be doing a million things at once. I would be driving. I would be planning whatever thing I was going to. Like, if I'm going grocery shopping, I'd be going through my grocery list. I would be, like singing along with the song on the radio in my head. I would be Uh like doing a million different things, even if it just looks like I'm driving. Like my brain is always going. And so if you're a person who's like that too, I don't know if you find like my way of coping with that is just to very heavily distract myself, give myself so much stimulus that I can't just be in my head. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right.
0: I just want to, like, yeah, uh, watch a lot of television or be doing literally five things at once. Like, there will be times where I'm watching a show and I'm on my phone at the uh-huh. same time. Right. And I'm like, I'm, what am I doing right now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like I'm not enjoying either of these things to no. the fullest. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not fully watching this. I'm not fully reading this. I'm not fully doing this. I'm not fully doing that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. just using it to like suppress emotions or like to, to like, like you said, keep yourself heavily stimulated. And yeah, something I found recently that I've been also trying to like dial back a bit is like I'd wake up in the morning. And then immediately put headphones on and be listening to music or a podcast or something. Before my brain had time to process the thoughts of the morning, the mm-hmm. thoughts of that I'm like that held on from yesterday that I'm experiencing today, things I'm worried about. I don't give myself time for my brain to air out and actually clearly process the things that I'm thinking. Because yeah. I have something in my ear talking at me or playing music or this or that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just not going to listen to anything.
0: It's a good idea because yeah. you're basically applying this exercise but to that, right? Where like the conversation is between you and the headphones. Right? And it's like your brain, your waking brain needs an extra five seconds to finish its thought <laughs> before you start chiming in with something else like music or a podcast.
1: Yes. And I, I, I kind of feel like I'm the most full of thoughts and anxiety in the morning like mm-hmm. it's it's like the whole day all of the issues all, all the things like I've, I've just pulled so much more like into just the yes. waking hours of the day where
0: which yeah. is probably why you want to put headphones on right away <laughs> yeah <laughs> right because you wake up from sleep into this busy brain and you're like how do I make this quiet yeah headphones yes 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 mm-hmm.
1: But now it's like, yeah, it's like I, I found like something like podcasts I find sometimes hard to do while well like working on the computer because you're like listening to someone talk while trying to process other information. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel in the same way. It's like trying to process like thoughts coming out of my head while another conversation is running through those thoughts. Yeah. So
0: it's
1: just <laughs> white noise and none of it makes sense.
0: Yeah. It's like trying to listen to two songs at the same time.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's just, it's it's mayhem, and I'm not enjoying or able to be present, or, like, Mm -hmm. it's it's more stressful, really, like, I'm just, like, bottling my anxiety, it's, like, getting all shaken up, and then when I take my headphones off, like, the lid pops, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, ah,
0: God! I've been, this week, really trying to focus on i've been focusing on enneagram stuff do you know about enneagram you listen to this podcast so you probably uh... heard me mention this many times but yes
1: um remind me again but i'm pretty sure i'm familiar
0: so it's like a personal development tool um that's based around different personality types oh yes okay to put it simply so Mm -hmm. uh i've been focusing on things for my personality type (laughs) i like more and more things come up all the time that i realize like what a useful tool this is and how it sort of evolves with you. Like, there's so many layers to it that it's sort of a never-ending, like, lifelong tool. Okay. And so it's come to me in different ways over time. Right now, what I'm trying to focus on this week is how much I separate myself from my emotions. Okay. That I'm very, like task oriented and so i suppress emotion or actually like experiencing my feelings to keep going and accomplish next task do 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 Uh you know and like i okay i have this app on my phone called calm which i highly recommend this is an excellent app okay it's sort of like it's you could use it for many 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 different things It has a mood tracking app, which is what I use it for the most, which is just every day at a time that you set for it. I set mine for 3 p.m. Every day at 3 p.m. my phone says, hey, how are you feeling? Hmm. And then you click an emoji to select how you are feeling that day. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, and that's it. Um, It has many other things on that app. Like It's got a bunch of different guided meditations. uh, It's got things to help you get to sleep. It has a a bunch of different like mindfulness exercises and stuff. It's very, very useful. Would highly recommend. Um, But what I use it for primarily is that mood tracking app. And what I've been noticing for myself in the last couple of weeks is I've stopped checking in with it. Mm, I still get the notification, but I'm just like, dismiss. (laughs) Like, and (laughs) what I've been clocking for myself this week is like, what is wrong with me? Like, I literally can't take two seconds to just click (laughs) an emoji. That's how disconnected Uh I am from my feelings. But I can't even take one second to just be like this smiley face is (laughs) is how I feel. That's it. I can't even do that. Like I was really good about it for a while. So I'm trying to connect more like, look at my behavior as evidence for having some kind of emotional experience. If I'm not able to tap right into the emotions. It's sort of like I have to look at my behavior and be like, hmm, I am noticing something happening in my behavior. Could that mean that there's something emotional going on? So right now I'm sort of like, hmm, why am I not checking in with my mood tracking app? Like, if I'm not taking five seconds to reflect on how I feel and tell this app, like, what's going on with me right now? And I'm, to be honest, I'm not really sure yet, but I'm going to keep digging.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it just, it it shows you how little time we give to ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That like, it's not like, Tracy, write a detailed profile on exactly how you're, le- not at give all. me an essay of like, give me 500 words on how you're feeling right now.
0: Nope. Doesn't even ask me for a comment if I don't want to give one. Like, <laughs> literally just select a face. Right. <laughs> That's it.
1: We've made it as simple as possible. <laughs>
0: literally as easy as it could be. And yeah. I still can't get myself to do it right now.
1: Yeah. We'll do and, it
0: today. When it checks in with me today, I will do it. Good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, like, the, the huge revelation to me about, like, meditation. Is that it's, like, I've got ten minutes to mm-hmm. meditate once. To What's ten minutes? I blow through so many increments of ten minutes throughout a day with so many less meaningful things, Yep. like I'm on my phone for this amount of time, that's doing nothing for me except making me more anxious, why don't I sit and be still for 10 minutes, like mm-hmm. knowing that will improve my day, and there's been times where I'm really good with it, and there's times where I don't do it for months at a time, and
0: yeah.
1: I think thanks, like a silver lining to this pandemic time is that everything is slower and mm-hmm. quieter, And I have been much, much better at just my sort of daily meditation, morning pages, things like
0: that. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I think that this has been a real unique opportunity for all of us to be given permission to focus on yourself. Uh Because that's who you're with all the time, all the time, but especially right now. Right. Like you have more, everybody has more alone time than they did before. For the most part, I know there are exceptions. Like if you're a teacher or a parent of small children, you probably have less alone time than you did before. Um, But for a lot of us, we're alone more than ever. And uh, we're, we've got a surplus of time, which is very rare. How often do we have too much time? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it's been a a really unique thing for people um, to be able to take some time and reflect and look inward, which is very scary and unsettling for a lot of people, so I understand why it's stressful. And
1: it's so easy to not observe anything when your day is filled with activity, and yeah. travel, and just and people, and 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 just, I don't know, a wider variety of just stresses, and mm-hmm. yes, and like it's, I think it really took like putting the brakes on to like identify, oh, maybe I'm not going about this in the best way, maybe I'm, like, reason I'm burning out and feeling constantly anxious is because I prioritize work over my health, and I prioritize just, like, tasks over just, like, was today a good day, Mm -hmm. little things like that, And, and just recognizing past bad behavior, like, projecting and just putting too much stock in other people's opinion of me and Mm -hmm. stuff like that.
0: Have you been finding like with the taking, putting too much stock in other people's opinion that having less of an audience around you has helped?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I think just being exposed to less people is the easiest way to to have... But to teach me that is like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, if you're around all these people, these are all individual opportunities to obsess what that person thinks about you.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. I describe it as like, if, this is an Enneagram thing of, uh, it feels like always being on a job interview. That every conversation I ever have, it's like I'm on a job interview, and I'm like, I really hope you like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's it's, I'm, I'm, trying to be so like I've, I've I've just in the last little bit done a couple live shows again and mm-hmm. I was like I, so I've been around comedians in, in a group setting for the first time in a while and I'm trying to be like so conscious of like it's just a conversation it's just another person I'm just here with them talking yeah. if it's nothing meaningful and it's just like hey how you doing pretty good how are you and we keep moving on and that's a-okay I don't have to take this home with me and then dissect it and mm-hmm. stretch it apart and make it this complicated ordeal.
0: For sure. Well, when you're putting your worth and your value in other people's opinions of you, then it makes it so that every person that you encounter, your entire sense of self worth hinges <laughs> on that person liking you.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So it doesn't matter who it is, for me anyway. It's like, does this grocery clerk like me? (laughs) Did I stand out as being one of the better customers they've had today?
1: (laughs) Yeah, or I've had instances where I, like, leave some sort of, like, service interaction with someone who works somewhere, and then, like, I feel like the last comment I made was dumb. I'm like, I messed that (laughs) up. They're gonna think how that was such a dumb thing to say, and, like, I just... I was always, like, obsessed with almost, like, sticking the landing of a conversation. Like, did I end on a good note? And I'm like, boom, clean exit. Mm -hmm. Or did I say something to embarrass myself? Or (laughs) something that I can really, I don't know, get in deep with later and drive myself crazy because of.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. Do you live with your partner? Yes. Yes?
1: Yeah, she actually. Yeah, go ahead. Uh she actually moved in like a month and a half before we were quarantined together. Oh so,
0: wow. It was uh it was uh,
1: I I almost I feel like that's set up for like, and now we're fighting all the time, but it's great. Like we're doing good, it's but it good. was just like we had a month of coming and going and like adjusting to living with each other, and then five months of like being around each other most of every day. So it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel like it like like I don't know like really condensed living together with someone into like a five-month period almost
0: oh for sure it would feel like you had been living together a year
1: sure yeah
0: yeah has it been good for your relationship
1: I think so I think I think it like it was like we had only been dating about a year which again I think depending on who you ask that's too soon or or, or it all depends though
0: everything is so individual and, like, your relationship isn't anybody else's relationship.
1: Exactly. But it it, it kind of, it was, like, a whole thing where, like, my my roommate might have been moving out, and so I might have needed, a, like, a new roommate, and so I'm like, okay, maybe you can move in now. And then he didn't end up moving, so she, so I think she ended up moving in sooner than she might have if things had not...
0: Yeah, just because like, the circumstances it, lend themselves yeah. to it. Mm-hmm.
1: But... It was like it felt very organic, and I. It feels like my life is exponentially better having her in my life more often. So That's it's beautiful. Yes, yes. No, This I is this is that. by far the the healthiest and like far and away the best relationship I've been in. So,
0: what do you think? Are what are two qualities of this relationship that make it stand out as being a healthier and better relationship than previous ones?
1: Um. Just like she is has like an unlimited pool of like support, and she's just like such an warm, empathetic person who, when I'm going through one of the various things that I'm stressing out about or anxious mm-hmm. about, she's there and she listens, and I have never once felt self conscious about revealing anything to her or talking
0: to her about anything that's so important,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think i I've realized from past relationships that I didn't have that or like I had there was like an element of like like guilting and there was like Mm -hmm. an element of like I don't like just like constant tension and it's just like and it just feels easy it feels feels. I'm like oh relationships can feel this way I didn't realize this was an option like it just and and she's very artistic, like she's a painter and a songwriter, and I don't know, I, I feel like we just, we have, we share like a, just a point of view on life and stuff, and I laugh so hard with her, like harder than almost anyone I've ever met, really, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that was more than two things or two things, or but like, yeah, it's just, I feel heard in the relationship, and I just feel like. She just, like, makes me really happy.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah. Colin, I love hearing that. (laughs) Thank you. And, uh, like, all of those things that you described are things that are so fundamentally important. Right. Like, yeah, feeling safe and comfortable, bringing things to your partner, feeling like you are not going to be guilted or shamed or have things used against you in any kind of way that's so important and the feeling of oh it's easy that's yeah. that's huge yeah i think like when we're young we look for drama and fire right right in a, in our relationships we're like oh that's how i know i'm really feeling something <laughs> like if everything's on fire <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then once you get a little bit older you start realizing, like, oh no, that's a recipe for disaster. Like, when you know that it's good, is when it feels easy. When yeah. it's just like, ah, that's how <laughs> yeah. it should feel. Sure. You should always be. Both people in a relationship should always be getting more out of the relationship than they're putting in.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it it feels that way, and that I think we're both very supportive of each other, and both very like, yeah, just just enjoy being around each other and, and in a, in an effortless way, it doesn't feel like I'm, it it's this, all, if we, if we really work through the issue, yeah, then it'll, maybe it could be a good relationship, but it's like, even if we've had disagreements, it's like a fraction of anything I've had with, like, past, like, relationships, where it's like a true, like, blowout, like, yeah. we're, like, like, voices are, like, at, like, peaking and stuff, and, like, we're just, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's none of that, and 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 any time there is like a concern that she brings up, like it's we just talk about it and we get through it and we deal with it, and it doesn't feel like it's constantly lingering, mm-hmm. undealt with, and gonna add to a bigger fight down the road, kind of
0: thing. Yeah, I hmm. think the the like the way that you fight and the way that you approach conflict is very telling of the state of a relationship. Just in general, like if it's a good and healthy relationship, like you probably will never have screaming matches.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, if you're having those a lot, like, there's a really good chance that <laughs> this is not going to work that out. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it seems like that'd be a telltale sign. that like, You would think. Hey, you would think. This person makes me seethe with rage. Mm-hmm. Let's stick it out. <laughs> Let's keep going.
0: There are so many things, like, looking back on past relationships that I'm like, how, (laughs) like, how did I, how did I not recognize that these things were problems at the time? They seem so obvious, not even, like, lessons you learn in retrospect. It's like, (laughs) no, those were, like, very obvious signs that this was not going to work like, oh, yeah. oh I, I feel like whenever I bring something to you, it's gonna be stored somewhere and then used against me later down the line. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, maybe this isn't gonna work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's funny how, like, I, f- I feel like there's a couple relationships where early on there were red flags. I'm like, ah, it's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't fine. <laughs> And then it just, obviously, the problem would worsen if it starts bad.
0: Yeah, for starts sure. starts, like,
1: with any issue. Like, I feel like even an ultimately problematic relationship should have some sort of, like, honeymoon phase of, like, oh, this is fun to start. And yeah, then I feel like it-
0: if in the first six months you're having, like fights and issues and like oh it'll be great it's just like we've got just got to get through this thing you shouldn't be trying to get through anything in the first six months into a relationship no, not at all you should just be scribbling their name all over your notebook <laughs>
1: <laughs> twirling your hair like I, I love them so much
0: exactly and talking yeah. to your best friend on the phone while you lie on your stomach on your bed kicking your legs behind you you know <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's,
0: a, <laughs> that's what the first six months should be it should be peaceful at the very least yeah
1: yeah and I yeah I don't, I don't know about you but I think like early days I felt just lucky to be in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. I felt yeah, like you're just
0: like oh good somebody picked me uh-huh.
1: mm-hmm. and it's like yeah I, I've never been like great at like being out in the dating world and being on a, like that's I don't know I, I've met people in my life and that's kind of worked out that way but like so, anytime I'm like, I can't let this one go because I don't know when the next one's going to come. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think even like, when stuff starts going bad, like, you can hold on to that and just be like, maybe we can get back there. Maybe we can get back to where we were when we were different people because yeah. we've been together long enough that we've changed.
0: Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it's a real sign in yourself when you're able to find like a good and healthy and stable relationship like the one that you have right now, it's really a sign of the growth that you've had in yourself and the work that you've done to get to the point where you realize a little more your own worth and what you actually deserve and inviting in something that brings you happiness. I think that that's such a marker of where you have come to as a person.
1: Yes, and I I think there was just, yes, a lot of, like, in in, in the time between, like, this relationship and the last, like, I started going to therapy, I started doing, like, a bunch of stuff that was, I think, instrumental to me feeling better about myself, and Mm -hmm. actually, like, dealing with issues instead of just kind of, like, pushing them down, and just trucking along and like, be like, right. I'll get through this, even though I'm miserable all the time and mm-hmm. racked with anxiety to like an insane level. And yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I think I think it absolutely was like, I'm happy I met her at the point in my life that I did because I, I, <laughs> I hadn't been on a date in a really long time by the time we went on a date, so I was still so nervous, but like, I felt like we were able to kind of have a meaningful connection because yeah. of the work.
0: Yeah, because you had done the work and you had uh, opened yourself up and created these possibilities for yourself. Right. And that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, so that you could have somebody who you meet and you're like, ah, like, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. easy and this is what I deserve. That's I think nice. my thing for the longest time was I, I would always, instead of picking people myself, instead of being like, oh, this is the person that I'm interested in, it would be I just wait to be picked by somebody else.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It was like I'll just wait until somebody picks me, and then uh, I guess I'll date them for two years.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's also wait, yeah.
0: Yeah, because they're the one who picked me, um, and then I sort of resolved for myself a couple of years ago. Like I got out of a bad relationship, and I was like, I pick the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the like, boss of the yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be the one who picks, uh, oh. and I am the one I picked my current partner and I am very happy about it. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: That's awesome. It's, yeah. it's crazy how long we put up with people who aren't good for us before we're like, wait yeah. a minute.
0: I think there's also an aspect of like there there are definitely parts of it that are based around not feeling a fundamental sense of self-worth. But then I think there's also some ego stuff that comes into it, at least for me when I look back on past relationships there's a part where it's like I'm strong enough to bear through this like yes this person (laughs) this might get a little bit sad in some parts but like yes this person like puts me down and tries to tear away at my sense of self-worth and tries to make me feel like I'm a bad person but I'm strong enough and smart enough that I know that that's not true intellectually so I can continue through this and not absorb it and be affected by it uh, which is absolutely not true. Um, you're <laughs> definitely going to absorb that stuff. Yeah. There's also, like, a, a balancing out that I had in relationships of, like, I am a very positive person. Um, I am a caretaking kind of person. And so I, I would frequently end up with people who were very negative and needed a lot of caretaking. Ooh because I balanced them out and it's like yeah maybe I am like the ideal person for this person but are they the ideal person for me right. <laughs> like, yeah this person could use somebody who's really positive and is going to take care of them um, but is it going to be great for me
1: <laughs> yeah and it's that whole like where we buy into that opposites attract yeah like super negative person super positive person mm-hmm. and yeah, something about that is, like, appealing to us. But, yeah, even with, like, my girlfriend, I feel like I'm a pretty positive person, and she's just, like, endlessly pouring out positivity. And, like, and So we're both positive people, need. and it just, why wouldn't that work?
0: We're yeah. <laughs>
1: kind of similar in that way, so it makes sense that we'd share certain sensibilities and, and, and have certain chemistry, and,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I'm so happy you found that.
1: Thank you. I'm happy for you as well.
0: Thank you. Uh, we're coming to the end of our time, but as you know, we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you look
1: tense. <laughs> yeah, I really, like, squared my shoulders and, like, clenched my body into a bit of a ball there. Um,
0: You're not the first.
1: <laughs> I knew this was coming, and I I feel like I've, I've come a long way with taking compliments. I think this should be
0: Okay, okay good. Um, I think you're just great like you just have a very warm and comforting energy about you and like we talk a lot on this podcast about like the instant yes when like you meet somebody and you're like yes <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely felt that with you you were definitely an instant yes person for me of just like um I, I don't know it's like I I can see your heart and you just seem like such a, a kind and genuine person. And uh, without all of the bravado and falseness that a lot of performers wear, especially when they're interacting with each other, there's sort of like a peacocking uh, around each other. And you don't have that. You're very down to earth. Um, you're very funny and a very talented comedian, but you aren't a showboat. In a in an obnoxious way, you're just very naturally funny and intelligent, and you leave space for other people. Like I think it's great that you noticed ways that you don't with this exercise, but I think in general, like you have a very comforting presence. I feel like you're a very easy person to talk to, um, and you're also very very funny. And I love the way that you write <laughs> about anxiety, uh, particularly like uh, on social media. I love 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 the way that you talk about mental health stuff i think that uh you do it better than a lot of comedians okay you do it better than i can oh wow yeah gotcha. um <laughs> but yeah i just think that you're great and lovely and the best
1: <laughs> that was that was so very nice thank you so much you're and,
0: welcome
1: and now i know this is the part of the podcast where you require me to talk to <laughs> <my students. laughs> I can't remember whose episode that was, but I got a kick out
0: of that. <laughs> we had been on a streak, I think, of like of the guest complimenting me in a very lovely way, but it was starting to become sort of uncomfortable for me because I was like, "Oh no, like, this is so not a part of the format. Like, I do not require this of my guests."
1: My compliment is not a setup for your <laughs>
0: compliment. That would be the worst. That would be. Uh, it just like just thinking about it. Uh, but this is also me projecting and caring what other people think, is that, like, in my head, when I'm getting a compliment sometimes from a guest, I'm like, oh, all, all of the listeners and everybody's going to think that this was my plan all along, <laughs> and that I'm just this sad, insecure person who's just uh, created this elaborate scenario <laughs> to make somebody give me a compliment.
1: <laughs> Love is everywhere. It's just a mask I hide
0: behind. Just a mask. <laughs> um,
1: well... Anyway, I, I I won't, I won't go on too long, but I I would like to give you a compliment. If you don't mind, I'll try not to to say too much, but thank you. (laughs) um, I will say first off, uh, thank you for this podcast. I, I I feel like in some of my, my darker days, I've I've listened to this podcast and got a a lot of comfort from this podcast and learned a lot from this. And I feel like we we've seen each other around the scene but like haven't spent too much time with each Mm -hmm. other but like in doing your like monthly show at Comedy Bar you just have such like a warm welcoming presence and I just I'm like I wish more of this existed in comedy I felt like you created such like a nice space and just felt so like safe being around you and so just like I don't know heard and seen and all the good stuff, and you're just, like, a a wonderful person, and the type of person I want to see more in my life, so hopefully post-quarantine we see each other more, but, yeah.
0: I would love that. Yes, please. (laughs) When this is all over, let's see each other more. Okay. I think that you're wonderful, and uh, I was, I'm so happy to have gotten this hour to talk to you.
1: Thank you for finally having me, and yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've always, I've, I've wanted to do it for a while. But I've been so nervous to ask you to do it. So thank you for having I've
0: me. I've been wanting to have you on forever. Okay. And now was, now was the time. <sighs> right. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, thank you for doing it. Thank you for having me. And listeners, go be nice to yourself. Uh, wait five seconds before you talk. And remember that love is everywhere. <laughs>